Seltzer here with Erin Pischke today. Hello. Hector could not be joining us. Today we are at Graceland Cemetery uh, up here on the north side of Chicago. Such a nice cemetery, really. Oh. Um, like all self-respecting cemeteries, it has some ghost lore about it. Uh, a lot of people from the old city cemetery where Lincoln Park is now were relocated here around the 1860s. And now we're just kind of wandering through yeah. on our way to a couple of the more notable sites. Erin, uh, you've been here many times. Yes, I have. It's, um, I think, the pr one of the prettiest cemeteries in the city. Mm. I find it really, really peaceful, and it reminds me of one back home that I like to visit a lot. Where's that one? Um, that's in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's called Wayuka. Okay. And it's probably about, I think it's probably larger than Rose Hill. Oh, it's, wow. It's, it's the biggest cemetery in the city, and it's the major cemetery in the city. So... Um, yeah, I've been here many times. I've done photo shoots out here with some friends. Um, just come out here to think sometimes. Sure. <laughs> it's really beautiful. And once you get into the far enough away from um, Irving Park or Clark, it's really, really quiet. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a big oasis in the middle of the city. You know, there's an old superstition that when you involuntarily shudder, that means somebody's walking over your grave, or the place that will one day be your grave. Hmm. And so I always wonder, you know, if any time I'm walking around here, is this where I'm going to end up one of these days? <laughs> I mean, my body's going to the, one of the universities. You know, I'll go ahead and they can, you know, cut, cut the grave robbers off at the past, let them cut me up. I know they need bodies, and they'll usually send you the ashes back. So, hmm. you know, this would be a good place to be. The company's good. Uh, Marshall Field's out here someplace. I always wanted to punch that guy. <laughs> I'm sure we can um, find him. He's yeah. got a large statue on yeah. top of his tomb. So. There's a lot of guys out here I'd like to punch, really. Um, <laughs> really quite a lot of guys. Um, yeah. And also there's Jack Johnson, the boxer, who would punch me right punch back, back and much, much harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think this was the elite cemetery. Most oh, of yeah. the people here were, they were the businessmen. They were, I mean, like, the names alone in the cemetery you see on streets and whatever all over Chicago. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and I think the most recent one in April, Roger Ebert, I believe, was buried here when he passed away a few months ago. Oh, was ago. he? Yeah. So that one, I didn't know. I found that out today. I did a little, little research. All right. Yeah, I, I went to his funeral. I didn't go to the uh, the graveside service. Yeah. Was, was he here? That's that's what I saw. All right. We'll, we'll check into that. We'll check into that. But yeah. That's, that's what I read today so um. coming up right away very easy to spot is uh, possibly the most famous one of the most famous ones for the grave uh, the uh, ghost fans is a statue known as eternal silence also referred to as the statue of death <laughs> which is what it looks like yeah. it's a big green statue of a guy in a hooded robe not unlike the emperor from return of the jedi that's a good, that's a good comparison <laughs> and only only you know green it really does something like, like something you'd see on Coruscant or something. Yeah. <laughs> or some, you know, it really, you know, I suppose it's supposed to be a cloaked angel. It really does look more like a Sith Lord to me. Uh, it's right here in front of us. Big green, ominous looking thing. The face is all 
Uh, the face underneath the hood is mostly black now, yeah. but most of it has turned green from wear over the years. Uh, legend has it that you cannot take a photograph of it. I've taken photos I've, of it before. Yeah, we've <laughs> all taken photographs of it before, so we kind of know that one's not exactly yeah. true. Um, yeah, it, it photographs very well, actually. There's also a thing saying that if you look into its eyes, you will see your own death. I'm looking right now. Maybe I have to get closer up. Maybe. Aaron, you want to try this? Sure, why not? All right. Get a little bit closer here. All I'm seeing is cobwebs. Yeah, there's lots of cobwebs in there. Cobwebs inside of the hood. Of all the places to build your web. I think it's probably a perfect one. Yeah. This actually uh, marks the tomb of a man named Dexter Graves. The family plot, I believe. Yes. Be a large thing for one person. It, it is. Um... So, Dexter Graves, uh, you know a bit more about him than I do, I believe? Um, yeah, um, from what I gather from Dexter Graves is he was one of the early settlers to Chicago. He came from Ohio, and he brought 13 families here to settle with him. So he's the one who started it. He's, he started <laughs> the Every Ohio third person migration. you meet is from Ohio yeah. around here. <laughs> like, the last yeah. person out, please turn out the light. Yeah. Um, so uh, he, I believe, uh, ran a hotel while he was here. And um, his son, at one point, I believe, was the wealthiest man in Chicago. Wow. So, oh, they certainly were able to pay for a nice monument here. That's, yeah, this is a, that's an impressive monument. Yeah, nobody misses that one coming here. <laughs> nope, that's, I think that's one of the ones that everyone goes right for. Right. All right, we're going to move along now and see if we can find ourselves the tomb of Ludwig Wolf, somewhere here on the south end of the cemetery. We have just walked across a bridge, uh, across a bridge into one island. Very few people get their own island in the cemetery. It's not his own island, there's a few other people here. But you walk across this bridge and you're a little uh, grove surrounded by old willow trees and things. This looks like, what I always picture in those murder ballads where, you know, the, you kill pretty Polly or Omi Wise or one of those <laughs> uh, poor pregnant girls in the murder ballads. This is always where I imagine them taking them, someplace just like this. Uh, with a newly dug grave and a spade lying by. And then a talking bird shows up for some reason. But you walk up to the edge of the path and you come to a boulder with a marker on it for Daniel Hudson Burnham, died 1912, one of the great architects of Chicago. Uh, his city plan for Chicago is uh, was a major influence, at least, on how Chicago was developed in the 20th century. He was also in charge of uh, the World's Fair with his partner, Root. Uh, well, just a... You know, I wonder, did Frederick Law Olmsted have a hand in designing the island for him, do you think? The landscape <laughs> architect? I run into Frederick Law Olmsted everywhere I go. <laughs> then I would say it's probably a good chance. Probably a yeah. good chance. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've never seen somebody got their own island in the middle of a public cemetery like this bridge. before. Yeah. yeah, just over the bridge. Uh, we'll proceed back over here. There's a lot of graves around here that both Aaron and I have heard of many times, but never actually found them. And how many times we've been out here? Yeah. As, you know, I don't usually get, except for the time I went to see uh, Charles Dickens's No Good Brothers grave on Dickens's 200th birthday. I usually just like to go with serendipity in this place. Yep. Alright, just to the northerly side of uh, Burnham's Island, we have found the tomb of Ludwig Wolf. It's on the north end, not the south end. He faces south. Uh, right at the edge here, carved into a hill, is the underground tomb of Ludwig Wolf. He was a uh, plumbing 
big shots. He owned, he owned a manufacturing place uh, that sold plumbing supplies and stuff. Um, he was a pretty prominent guy. His uh, daughter and three of his grandchildren were killed in the Iroquois Theater fire oh. in 1903. A thousand people came to his house for the funeral. Oh my goodness. And I can see from his grave here that he was uh, buried in 1905. Uh, well, the reason we wanted to come to this, really, though, is it's one of the haunted spots at the cemetery. Mm -hmm. uh, people talk about seeing a mysterious dog or a green-eyed ghoul howling at the place. And what they mean by a green-eyed ghoul is really anybody's guess. Ghoul has meant a lot of things over the years, from one who eats dead bodies to just a general monster. Um, in this case, they say that you can hear a dog howling. Most people think it's just probably just a pun on his name, Ludwig Wolf with well, two sure. Fs. Sure. Uh, or it could be with the siren that we hear going by. That, too. That, too. <laughs> Uh, and there's also, not to mention, there's various coyotes around the, around the place. Of course. Well, let's see if we can move a little bit closer in here. Okay. You walk up the hill to the cemetery, to the, uh, to Ludwig Wolf's plot. And then there's a rather steep staircase descending downward. Oh, yeah. Let's descend on down here. See if there's any howls. I'll leave the uh, recorder running up here. A lot of, quite an echo chamber when you come down here. Man, the acoustics here are just fantastic. I guess there are other people buried here as well, though. Uh, there's nothing, no, nothing to indicate it, really. Well, it um, is carved into a rather large hill. Carved into a very large hill, yeah. Mm -hmm. It would be a lot of space for one person. Yeah. So I was just going to, well, you know, I know we got a lot of people who love it when I do this kind of stuff, so I'm just going to hold up the recorder uh, towards the uh, crack in the door here. I'm not going to use, like, the tomb snooper here. I'm not going to, like, slide my iPhone through the crack. It looks like if I put the right space, I could do it if I felt like it. But I'm not going to do that. I'll just let you guys hear, uh, see if we hear any wolves here. I'll tell you this, there's a breeze coming out of that tomb. Is there really? We're underground, and there is a cool breeze coming out of the crack. I'm sure there's a scientific explanation for it, but it's still kind of giving me the creeps. So, speaking of wolves, I watched Teen Wolf the other night, Aaron. I'm sure you've seen Teen Wolf. Okay, the movie or the new TV show? The movie. The old movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is a movie that does not hold up very well. <laughs> I mean, there's this, this great general absurdity about it. The guy turns into a wolf-like creature... And now he's a great basketball player. Right, as all <laughs> and, are. Yeah, and that's that's what you use your wilbulving for is basketball. <laughs> and, oh, and right across here we are at the Getty Tomb. Oh, here it is. This is the Getty Tomb designed by Louis Sullivan. Uh, one of Louis Sullivan's masterworks, really. You can see it's very similar to the architecture, really, in the uh, Chicago Auditorium. I wonder if the acoustics here are as good as a Louis Wolf across the way. Oh, wow, look at how gorgeous this is. Oh, man, very wonderful. Very, You can tell it's Louis Sullivan just looking at the thing, just looking at the hinges on the doors. The hinges on the doors are works of art at this oh place. Oh, my goodness, yes, they are. Oh. Try to get some good shots of this for the uh, web page to go with it. Oh, my goodness. There's a knocker on this thing. <laughs> who, are, who are they expecting? Yeah, uh... <laughs> Yeah, the word Getty AD, and then there is uh, a knocker that is not a functioning knocker. And oh, great, my arm is stuck now. <laughs> yeah, there's a, no a knocker there. It's not a functioning knocker. I can't really see how one operates the doors. I'm sure it must be locked. Uh, 
Oh yeah, I'm not like I'm gonna break in anyway. Yeah, this is the Getty tomb, and then not too far away from here is uh, Louis Sullivan himself. I think he's just over somewhere around here. He's at a much smaller, much smaller plot than the ones he designed for others. I believe he kind of drank himself into pennilessness and then eventually death. Yeah. Like you do. Like you do. Alright, moving on, let's see what else we can find. I'm jumping up and down now. We found Edson Keith. This is one of those things you just wander around and see stuff. Elbridge G. Keith and Edson Keith right here. E.G. Keith over here was the guy who built the Keith House, which is down on Prairie Avenue. It's my favorite house to take people to at night because it looks like something out of Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. And Edson Keith, right in front of me, one day walked out of his house uh, right up into Lake Michigan and was never seen again. Oh, my goodness. And... Here are their graves. Now, this guy's got one of the finest of houses on Prairie Avenue. Hey, Elbridge, your house is still standing. It still looks magnificent. People who currently own it have done a fine job with the thing. I want to get a picture of your family crest here. All right. We've now made our way to the grave of Inez Clark. Well, her name was often said to be Inez Clark. It's an easy, easy mistake to make. It is a statue of a little girl. It's in a little glass case. At the base of it, there's the name Inez is carved into the rock. And then on the stone, it says, Daughter of JNR and M.C. Clark. And down below that, we've got the names John N. Clark and Mary C. Clark with the dates of births and death. Um, she's, it's long been said that this, that this girl haunts the cemetery. Yes. It's... Very common story. A lot of people say the statue disappears during lightning storms and that she died during a lightning storm when John and Mary locked her out. Which is one of those one of those stories that's not really fair. It's definitely not yeah. true. She um, For a while, the cemetery was saying that Inez Clark never existed, which is about half true. Clark is her mother's married name. Uh, their story at the time was that really the, uh, the statue, the only person buried here, the only child, is a boy named Amos Briggs. Yes. Which, if you, if you look at the... Uh, um, that story never really rang true either. Also, their story that this statue is just like an advertisement for a sculptor. Yes. Is that something people do? Like, put up statues as an advertisement without any contact information? Uh, but then with uh, grave yeah. information down below it? Um, the thing is, Inez's last name was really Briggs. Yes. And we've, we found that out now. Genealogists were able to find that out very easily, actually. Um, it's Inez Briggs. Clark was her mother's married name. So, yeah, she is a real person. She is, in fact, buried right here. She died. She didn't die of a lightning storm. She lived up in Uptown. Yeah. I found her address and everything. It's not, I didn't publish the whole address in the book because you don't want, you know, the people who live there getting bugged by those people. Right, right. But she was a real person and she is buried here. She died of diphtheria. Yes. In, uh, in the 1880, I believe. Yes. Yeah, at the age of. Uh, not she was uh, judging by this she was born September 20th 1873 died August 1st of 80 so six uh, six years old six years old not quite seven yeah uh, it's such a sad story it is uh, well and it's um, the story with Amos Briggs is that Amos and Inez sound similar and look kind of similar. Especially if you write them in cursive, as the right. records would have been. It's an easy right. mistake for the cemetery to make right. but their story that she wasn't a real person never really rang true yeah and there's also, I guess, in the Illinois 
death records. There's no Amos No, there's Briggs. no Amos there, there was no Amos Briggs. Way, so. There was no Amos Briggs. Records of Inez Briggs were easy to find. Uh, she was living with their grandparents, the Rothrocks, who were buried right next to here, over here. Yeah, and I believe her brother, um, or what is his name, Duncan? Might be. There, but she has a brother who's buried here, too. Right. Uh, and moving on, I guess. We're getting back towards the actual entrance and exit to the cemetery now. A lot uh, over here, the graves are visibly older. A lot of them you can't really read anymore. They've kind of worn away. But in the midst of all of these, there is one that's much newer looking. And it's not a newer grave, it's a newer tomb. It's a newer tombstone. Uh, it is the grave here of Augustus Noonham Dickens. It says right here, Augustus Dickens, 1827 to 1866. So he would have been one of the first people buried in the cemetery, really. Oh, yeah. And then it says below that, brother of Charles Dickens, the English author. I came here on uh, Dickens' 200th birthday just to see it. Uh, Charles Dickens' brother. I don't really know if I'd want my brother's accomplishments on my tombstone Probably over not. much. I'm not sure if Augustus did either. But he, he and Charles were kind of estranged, I guess. And over on the back here, it's got his wife, Bertha Phillips, who died a year after he did. I believe she died of a morphine overdose on Christmas. You don't get much more Dickensian than that. Um, also, their infants, Lincoln, Violet, and Ophelia Dickens, died 1865. This would have been a couple of years before Dickens came to America on a reading tour. And most people assumed because of his brother, he would have come, to, he, he would have, uh, come here to Chicago. But he didn't. He he wasn't in any kind of shape that he could have survived the train trip like that. But the boy was the Chicago Tribune mad. But for one thing, by then everybody involved was dead, including Augustus himself, and also, uh, also I guess uh, Augustus also had another Mrs. Dickens back in England. Uh, oh. So visiting uh, Bertha Phillips Dickens would have been kind of a minor scandal. Uh, eventually, the Tribune figured this out and published a whole retraction years later. Mm. As you know, as, as a big Dickens buff myself, it's uh, always neat to see this one. Oh, yeah. One of we don't have that many Dickens connections in Chicago, but. Uh, <laughs> Descendants of the family, I guess, continue, his other children continued to live around here. Oh, yeah. And his, they still got descendants, I guess, out in the suburbs. Though one of them said she grew up thinking that if anybody found out she was related to that Charles Dickens guy, she'd have to go sit, in a, sit, sit on the porch with a bag on her head. Oh. So his <laughs> reputation within the family was not necessarily intact. Oh. All right, I, I can see our cars from here. Yes. So our cars with their blessed air conditioning. Yes. <laughs> so hope you've enjoyed this little cemetery safari with us. Uh, we'll be back very soon with some more podcasts. Thanks for listening to Chicago Unbelievable. Check us out on the web, chicagounbelievable.com. Neighborhood